welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Pudinator. He called this one, I answer the letters that children send to Santa Claus. But I started to receive some very strange letters. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. I checked my inbox this time last year and it said, you have 63 unread emails. This was going to be a long night. Sure, I love Christmas as much as the average person, and I like earning a bit of extra money, but I still wasn't looking forward to it. It was my job to read each and every one of these emails and respond as if I were the real Santa Claus. I also had a small pile of handwritten letters that needed a reply as well. They were stacked up next to me, all neatly tied together with a piece of string. For some reason, I actually prefer receiving handwritten letters other than the electronic version. It feels more personal, but it seems like most kids nowadays would rather send an email. In fact, I had only this small pile of 12 letters this year. All the others were strictly via email. I began to click through each email, quickly skimming what it was that each child wanted for Christmas, before replying that I would try my best to deliver that gift to them. I would always end the email by signing off as Santa Claus, before clicking send. Most kids would want the usual presence of bikes, games, or a puppy, but many requests were a bit more unique. One kid wanted a bottle of hand sanitizer, while another wanted a hammer. For the most part, though, it appeared that kids mainly wanted similar gifts. The night was getting late by the time I had answered the majority of the emails. My hand and wrist were beginning to tire, but the thought of earning $3 for each reply was what managed to keep me working. My eyes wanted to close, and so I decided to leave the small stack of letters until tomorrow. I still had a dozen or so emails to complete, but it was time to call it a night. Ding! The unmistakable sound of another new email rang out across my small apartment. I knew that I wasn't going to respond, but I wanted to skim read what it said before making acquaintance with my bed. Holly, good work on responding to all those emails tonight. I know it's mentally draining and I know you are working hard at it but I just want to make sure you are also replying to the handwritten letters that I sent over to you this morning. Those kids need a response too. Thanks, Michael. I've never met Michael, but when it came to getting my job done, he was in constant contact with me. Michael was a decent boss, but sometimes could be a bit pushy and a tad demanding. I was going to respond to the letters as well, but both Michael and the kids would have to wait until tomorrow to hear back from the fake Santa. I was just about to finish closing the lid on my laptop when I heard another unmistakable ding sound. Another email had come through. I thought most kids would be in bed at this late hour and not sending a Christmas wish list via email. Curious, I flicked my laptop back open and read the new email. The subject consisted of only six words. It read, on the first day of Christmas. Unsure of what this meant, I opened the email and read what was written. It didn't take long to read the words because it was only two sentences long. The caroler sent to me. A partridge hanged in a pear tree. 
I reread the email a couple of times, making sure that I had correctly comprehended the message. I knew what was written, but I didn't entirely know what it meant. I sat there, staring at the computer screen, confused as to what this email was about. I didn't have long to be confused though, because another ding filled the silence in the room. I looked at my inbox and saw that another email had just been sent through. This time there was no subject, but the actual contents of the email were once again only a few sentences long. The first Noel, the angels did slay. The Caroler. This email also made mention of the Caroler, and I was unsure as to who exactly that was. Maybe just someone playing some sort of prank but I had seen enough horror movies to not completely dismiss this as such. More often than not, things like this turn out not to be a practical joke, and so I was wary as to what was really going on here. I thought it was best to not respond to these emails, but I knew that I shouldn't just delete them and forget about them either. Ding. This time, when I checked the email, it only contained a single sentence. Another line from a famous Christmas song. Silent night, holy night. Shepherds quake at my sight. The caroler. The caroler signed his name at the bottom of the email again, making sure I knew it was from them, whoever they were. I was starting to feel a strange sense of dread like my body knew that something was clearly wrong, but my brain was still trying to decipher what exactly. I was definitely concerned by the caroler's use of the word slay. Ding, ding. There were two dings this time, both of them making me jump slightly in my seat. My eyes darted back to the top of my inbox list and I saw two new emails had just arrived. The first one read, Bells on Bob's tail ring, making his spirit rise. The Caroler. The second email, also from the Caroler, contained another quote from another joyful Christmas carol. Joy to the world, for I have come. The Caroler. Now, I was worried. Whoever this was, wasn't mistakenly sending me these emails. This was intentional. They wouldn't accidentally send me five emails, all containing strange versions of carols. Each email seemed to allude to something dark or sinister, which is something that I couldn't ignore. Ding. Ruddy the dead-nosed reindeer had a very tiny nose. The caroler. This email was the first to truly disturb me. I'm not sure entirely why, but I think it was because it seemed as if Rudolph was purposely changed to another name. This probably meant something, but what that was was still unknown. Obviously, the caroler was trying to scare me and he definitely knew how to. What scared me most though was, what if these emails were clues to something? Ding. Hark. The herald angels sing. Gory to the firstborn king. The caroler. I read this email twice before I noticed that it read firstborn, instead of newborn, as is heard in the song. I wasn't quite sure what the significance of this change was but I was certain that it had to mean something. Ding. O come all ye faithful, dreadful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye, to Beth, the caroler, another changed lyric to suit a name. I was absolutely sure that this was on purpose now. This had to mean something. This had to be a clue to something bigger. It just wasn't possible to make this many spelling mistakes without them being deliberate and calculated. I looked around my empty apartment. It was dark, apart from the light of my laptop screen providing a faint glow of light. The darkness no longer felt comfortable, and I needed a proper light source to help calm myself down. I needed to be able to see everything that was inside the apartment, just in case. I stood up out of my seat and only took one step towards the light switch when I heard another. 
Ding. I didn't want to look at it, not until the light was on. I continued to walk towards the light switch, while constantly looking through the darkness, hoping not to see anything within it. I reached the switch, flicked it on, and quickly glanced around the room. It was empty, only the wardrobe, my desk, and my bed were present. I quickly walked back over to the laptop, but as I did, two more distinct dings rang out across the room. When I reached the laptop again, I had three unread emails that had just been sent through. I knew exactly who they were from before I looked at them. The first email read, This is Hugh when he's sleeping. He knows when he's awake. The caroler. I paused to take in what I had just read before moving on to the second email. Bad tidings I bring to you and your fin. The caroler. The final email, which was the longest so far, read, And carol out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the gory Christmases long. Long ago, the caroler, three more emails, three more names were mentioned. I waited, watching the laptop screen, waiting for another ding, waiting for another email to pop up, but it seemed like the emails had stopped. I waited for a few minutes, expecting to receive another one, but it never arrived. As I sat in my now well-lit apartment, I felt a chill run down my spine. I wasn't really that sure of what I had just experienced, or what any of it meant. I just knew that it wasn't something I wanted to be involved with. It was silent, and I was listening out for any small noise that I could, just in case I heard anyone nearby. I could hear a car or two outside of my window, but other than that, it was a silent night. I had never heard of anyone called the caroler before, and I was afraid as to who, or what, they could be. Why were they contacting me? And why all the cryptic emails? I suddenly had a thought. The letters. The handwritten letters for Santa that I hadn't had a chance to look at yet. For some reason, they popped into my mind. And once the thought of them occurred, I couldn't shake the feeling that they may be involved somehow. I looked to the side and towards the bundle of envelopes that were beside me. I reached out and grabbed the top letter on the stack. I tore it open and pulled out the single sheet of paper that was inside. The piece of paper was only small, and it only had a few sentences written on it. In small, incredibly neat handwriting. Dear Santa, for Christmas, I want to be a partridge in a pear tree. From Georgia Partridge. I instantly knew then that this was all connected somehow, and I frantically grabbed the second letter. I tore the envelope that contained the second letter. I pulled the piece of paper out of the envelope and quickly unfolded it. Again, there was a small note written in the same neat handwriting as the previous letter. Dear Santa, all I want is to be found in the fields as I lay. From Noel Dover. I read the letter, then froze. I recognized that name. Noel Dover. I had heard it before. I swear I had. I just couldn't remember where. Pushing the thought of his name aside, I grabbed the next envelope that sat at the top of the pile tore it open, and plucked out its contents. The same handwriting greeted me in what now felt like a taunting manner. Dear Santa, for Christmas, I want to sleep in heavenly peace. From Henry Shepard, it then struck me. I remembered how I knew the name, Noel Dover. Well, I thought I did, so I went back to my laptop and searched for his name. I was right. I had correctly remembered where I knew his name from. Search enters day 12 for missing camper. Missing camper, Noel Dover, has been missing for almost two weeks now. Both police and volunteers have been tirelessly searching ever since it was first reported he was missing. 
Police inspected his campsite and have today revealed that there is evidence that points to foul play. It is unknown at this time whether any suspects relate to his disappearance. The article continued to explain more about the missing man, but I had read enough. I remembered the story from a few years ago. As far as I knew, no one had been ever convicted for his abduction. In fact, I don't think there were ever any suspects. After discovering this piece of information, my mind began to race. Why was this letter sent to me, and why did it reference a true crime? Of course, my brain immediately thought of the possibility that whoever was sending me these letters was involved with his disappearance. But I tried my best to push the thought out of my mind. I know it was the logical explanation, but the thought scared me too much to entertain it any longer. Out of either curiosity or maybe hope that it was a coincidence, I decided to search the internet for the other names mentioned in these letters. Georgia Partridge and Henry Shepard. I hoped to find that they had not met similar fates. I entered both of their names into the search engine. I didn't like the two newspaper articles I found about them. Georgia Partridge, body found hanging from an old pear tree. Suspected suicide. Henry Shepard, his dead body was found inside of his home. A large hole was dug through his forehead. I was seeing the pattern, which I guess was the caroler's design. The disturbing trend of the names from the letters all belonging to dead individuals was one that I wished I wasn't involved with. I looked around my apartment one more time, just to confirm that I was indeed alone. I couldn't make anything out of the ordinary, just the usual furniture and clutter. I turned back around to face my laptop and the slowly declining stack of letters. I had to know what else was hidden within those envelopes. Of course, I was afraid to see what else they would reveal, but I had to know. I also needed to know why they had specifically been sent to me. I pulled the next letter that was resting atop the pile and opened it. Dear Santa, I want to sing a slaying song tonight. From Robert Colling. Another clue that directly related to the emails I had previously received. Bells on Bob's tail ring, making his spirit rise. The email that had mentioned Bob rushed through my head. I had no doubt in my mind that if I researched his name, he would indubitably be dead. I decided that I didn't really want to know about Bob's fate. So I moved on to the next letter and read it. Dear Santa, I want to hear the angels' voices ring. From Joy Gold. I read through this letter once before tossing it to one side and opening the following letter. Dear Santa, I want to meet Slasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen from Ruddy Lane. After reading this letter, which also was written in the exact same handwriting as all the previous ones, I turned back to my laptop. I looked back through my email inbox and began to cross-reference the letters with the emails I had been sent. So far, they were all in the same order and each name that was involved in the email was the same name that each letter was from. I guess at this stage, my curiosity got the better of me and I decided to try and find out what had happened to Robert, Joy, and Ruddy. It didn't take long to discover their fates. Robert Colling disappeared from his home on Christmas Eve four years ago. Neighbors claimed to not see anyone near his house, but heard bells at around midnight. Joy Gold was strangled to death in her own home. A long piece of tinsel was discovered close to her body. Ruddy Lang disappeared 11 years ago. His body has never been found. All that was ever located was his nose, which was cut off of his face and was left on his mantelpiece beside several Christmas cards. I know at this point I should have phoned the police, or phoned anyone really, 
but I guess my morbid curiosity got the better of me. I needed to know more. At this moment, I heard what sounded like a slight creak behind me, and I jumped in my seat and turned around quickly to see what it was. Nothing out of the ordinary was apparent inside my apartment. I couldn't see anything or hear anything, other than the sound of my own rapid breathing and the loud thumping of my heart. I turned my desk chair slightly so that it was angled in a way that meant I could see the door to my apartment and I could still easily reach the letters. I wanted to have eyes facing out towards the main area of my living space, and so I could see the front door. I didn't think anyone would try to enter my apartment, but I wanted to be able to see in case they did. Once I was satisfied that I would be able to see anyone entering the apartment, I grabbed the next letter and opened it. Dear Santa, I want to join the Triumph of the Skies. From Jacob King. It took a bit longer to find further information about Jacob King, but I did manage to find something. Not a newspaper article, like previously, but a post on a social network post by who I presumed was Jacob's mom. It read, if anyone knows where my eldest son Jacob is, I beg of you to tell me. He hasn't been seen by anyone for three days now, and I need to know where he is. If he is with you, let me know. That was all I managed to find about him, but it told me more than enough. He was missing. I looked down at the stack of papers that were left. There were still five envelopes sitting on the desk. No doubt, five more clues about five more people that were now missing or dead. I dreaded opening them, but at the same time, I needed to know what they said. I knew that once they were all open, I would take my findings to the police. There was evidence here that all of these crimes were connected. Someone knew about them. The caroler knew. I opened the next four letters, one after the other, and read what was written on each one. Dear Santa, I want to sing, sing with a choir of angels, sing an execution. From Beth Maid. Dear Santa, do you know if I've been bad or good, cause I've been bad for goodness sake? From Hugh Dancer. Dear Santa, I wish you a Merry Christ Massacre. From Finn Lord. Dear Santa, can you make it the most sinful time of the year? From Carol Piping. I read through each letter, getting more and more worried as I opened each one. I was worried because I was getting closer to the final letter. A letter that I really wasn't sure what it was going to contain. I had only received 11 emails. Yet this was the twelfth letter that I was going to open. I could think hopefully and assume that this envelope actually contained a child's letter to Santa. But hopeful wasn't something I could be after what I had just read through. I knew that it was going to be another letter from the caroler. I turned my chair back around, sacrificing my eye line to the door to do so, and very hesitantly picked up the final letter. I slowly tore the envelope open and pulled out the sheet of paper that was inside. As I pulled out the letter, I could see it was the same handwriting. The same neat handwriting that was present on all the other letters. I read it out loud this time, and the letter was exactly what I feared it would be. Deck the halls with bowels of holly. The caroler. As I finished reading it, I heard a voice come from directly behind me, speaking directly into my ear. Fa la 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 la. Ha 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 ha. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.